Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Friday morning. Friday rolling in before Thanksgiving. And look, we still have a lot to be thankful for. So before we get into anything today, now the sun is not out in Hamilton, Ohio today. It's pouring down rain. Perhaps indicative of the mood in and around Bengal Nation. But there's much to be thankful for on this Friday. So let's just everybody try and big deep breath. Casey, this starts with you. This starts with you, maybe more than anybody else in the room, although the other two guys went off the reservation last night too. But you actually went so far off the reservation that you bailed on our chat and you bailed on the game itself. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. Tom, what are you thankful for? I felt for him last night. And, you know, you two guys, I mean, it was like, you know, World War Three had started. Maybe <laughs> that's already started. But, you know, you guys just straight in the tank. Yeah, I mean. Straight it, in the tank. There's yeah. seven games left in the season. Straight in the tank. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we entered the war, and unfortunately last night we lost. So it is, it's over. Yeah, I just, I just didn't need to hear about. The offense scoring 20 points a game after I watched. <laughs> You're about to hear it again. After I watched Joe. You're about Burrow to hear it down. again. Where Welcome was your guy? Where was the bench where? presented by United Dairy Farmers? <laughs> I'm Tom Brenneman. Get used to it. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 <laughs> to 12. <laughs> P. Boy, this is tired. This is so tired. <laughs> where was your guy? Boys, Ernst? this is where you got to be a pro. Where, was, where you got to be a pro. I'm here, Tom. Casey, I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to Got to be a pro. I'm a pro. Okay? We Tom, gotta be a pro. Tom, what's the best ability? You can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We're also live on Twitter, now known as X. Or you can join us in podcast form. Just download or search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Look, it was like a nightmare coming true right before your very eyes. The Ravens get the ball to start the game and barely break a sweat against what has become an unbelievably leaky Cincinnati Bengals defense. It was 7-0 right from the get-go. Offense had a little life, very little truth be told. They kick a 50-something-year-old field goal. They attempt another 50-something-yard field goal and miss. They go a three-and-out for minus seven yards. And believe it or not, for at least a short stretch, the defense actually forced three straight punts. So here you were, 7 nothing, mm-hmm. then to 7-3. Offense again on the second, third, and fourth drives. They just fall asleep at the wheel. But then all of a sudden, you know, they decide we're going to run the ball a little bit. Surprise, surprise. And they start churning up some yards. And then when Joe Burrow connects with the Energizer Bunny, Joe Mixon, For a touchdown to take the lead with six minutes left in the first half, you're thinking, here we go. Unfortunately, that feeling lasted a few fleeting seconds because when the replays came of that touchdown, we saw Joe Burrow wince in pain, gripping his throwing right hand, right wrist. Something was wrong. Something was very wrong. 
He tried to throw on the sideline. He couldn't do it. Couldn't grip the ball. He never returned after that play. And the Bengals' chances of a three-peat in the rugged AFC North will not return either. That's pretty safe to say. Well, the Bengals have beaten Baltimore with Burrow last night. I say unlikely. Baltimore is a much better team. End of story. And look, Reed doesn't want to hear it. He got mad, tried to pick a fight in our group chat last night. He didn't want to hear it. But here are the facts. These are the facts. And they cannot be disputed. The offense managed 10 points in the first half of that game on five possessions. Is that a surprise? Absolutely not. Why, you say, Tom? Because they've played 10 games this year. The old Denny Green thing. We are what we are. They've played 10 games this year, and they have averaged 10 points per half all year long. They've averaged 20 points per game. Now, the defense, no doubt, a shipwreck. Totally. In the last two weeks, they've allowed nearly 1,000 yards against the Texans and the Ravens. And that ain't going to cut it no matter who the quarterback is. When all is said and done, multiple Bengals had to leave with injuries last night, and the team left Baltimore with a humbling 34-20 loss. Injuries, in fact, overshadowed this game on both sides. Cam Taylor-Britt leaves with a quad, and then the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, who's now 8-1 in his career, by the way, against the Bengals, that is complete ownership. Total ownership. We can talk about Burrow and Mahomes and all this nonsense. Jackson has ownership of the orange and black. He rolls his ankle. Later on, all-pro tight end Mark Andrews goes down for what appears to be for the season with an ankle injury. So, now it's 5-5, five and five, a full two and a half games out of first place, and the Bengals are the only team in the division that if it all ended today, and it's silly to say because it doesn't, but if it ended today, they would not make the playoffs. The question is, how bad is Burrow's injury? That's the question among all greater Cincinnatians today. He will most likely, one would assume, have an MRI today. The next game is still 10 days away when the Steelers come to town. Is the season over? Is it over? Can the team reach the postseason if Jake Browning is the guy? Seems only right to pose the same question to the Bengals and Bengals fans that we asked about the Browns the other day when they lost to Sean Watson. Would you pick up the phone and call Tom Brady? We will discuss all of this and so much more in a matter of moments. Speaking of Pittsburgh, the 6-3 Steelers play the 6-3 Browns. In Pittsburgh Sunday, Cleveland has its own quarterback problems. We talked about Watson. Dorian Thompson-Robinson will get the start this weekend, not P.J. Walker. The Brownies are going to bring in former Pro Bowl quarterback Joe Flacco for a workout. The biggest matchup in Week 11 was not the Bengals and the Ravens. The biggest matchup is on Monday night. Rematch of last year's Super Bowl, Philadelphia travels to Kansas City. The biggest story in college football continues its odd twists and turns. As Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh yesterday agreed to serve 
the Big Ten's three-game suspension over sign-stealing allegations. Attorneys representing Michigan and Harbaugh had initially filed a motion asking for an emergency temporary restraining order, which was to be heard today in a Michigan courtroom. That's now off. Harbaugh has said, I'm not going to be there for tomorrow's game against Maryland or next Saturday's showdown against rival Ohio State. The Big Ten will end its investigation, but the NCAA investigation will continue. Tomorrow's slate of games. UC, fresh off its Big 12 win, the first one ever, travels to Morgantown to face West Virginia, 2 o'clock tomorrow. Do you have a ESPN Plus? Will you be watching that one? There is not a game I will be watching less than that game. <laughs> I will not sniff that game. If it's on my ESPN Plus when I'm looking at the slate tomorrow, I will turn off ESPN Plus and I will go elsewhere. Okay. All right. <laughs> New number one Georgia heads to Rocky Top for a 3:30 kick against number 18 Tennessee. The Volunteers were annihilated last weekend by Missouri. Number two Ohio State hosts Minnesota four o'clock kick. The biggest game of the weekend is out west, no doubt about it. Unbeaten number five Washington is an underdog, believe it or not, in Corvallis against number 11, Oregon State. Baseball, Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. were unanimous winners of their respective league's most valuable player awards last night. It's the first time that that has ever happened. As you know, Otani is a free agent this winter. Speaking of the Braves, did you see this deal? I mean, you know, it's, it's on page nine. But they traded five players yesterday in the first really big move by any team this offseason. The deal with the White Sox brings to Atlanta Aaron Bummer. Now, this was a guy who was fantastic for the Sox for three years out of the bullpen. Last year, he was one of the worst relievers in baseball. Terrible! And the Braves send five guys, including a former All-Star Mike Soraka pitcher, two other former number one picks, and two other players to the White Sox for one reliever. College Hoops, Xavier plays Washington in Vegas tonight at midnight. Kentucky hosts Stonehill. Can anybody here tell me where Stonehill College is? Uh, I sounds like an elitist school. Give me somewhere up on the East Coast, Massachusetts. That would be a Catholic school in Massachusetts. Oh. Yes, it would be. Uh, a Catholic. You, you, just, you, you stole your own thunder there. Catholic elitist school. There it is. The most famous basketball name to graduate from Stonehill is... Uh, for $1,000. Uh, Donald Trump. Mickey the plumber. <laughs> Mickey the plumber white. I don't know. I think Trump went to Harvard. Ah. Another elitist school. Another elitist. Yeah. How do you get in there? No, it's Ed Cooley, believe it or not. Really? Ed Cooley. Really? Mm. Yeah. What about that? And the guy who founded Yahoo and PayPal. That ain't bad. It's not bad. Those have done okay, I think. couple yeah. D-list celebrities. Bad. Not bad at all. Um so, Kentucky will host Stonehill tonight. Miami at home against Coppin State. Boy, they'll be flooding Millette Hall for that one tonight. And then on Sunday, NK, NKU plays at fifth third against the UC Bearcats. That is a 2 o'clock tip-off. Okay. Casey, where would you like to begin? <laughs> I'm going to let you decide because I think you need a hug. No. I think um, you need I some think love. I think, I think you need some attention. Um, please, give us some guidance. You even cracked a smile. So here it's a start. <laughs> Where are we going to start? 
I mean, you shut it down, just to make sure everybody understands. <clears throat> you shut it down from even watching the game when you knew Burrow was out. True so, or false? So what had happened, um, I was at a birthday party. I was celebrating my niece's ninth birthday party, which was... Happy birthday. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to Paisley. She's, happy birthday. She's happy birthday. Very happy girl getting to go to the Eros tour next year. Nice. So very excited. Wow. It, it was a it was a great birthday party for her. We had a great time. Um, we have the Bengals game on. Um, you know Joe Burrow cooking the Ravens. I mean, I don't care what you say, Tom. Ten points would could have been thirteen, and then that fifth could have been thirteen. What if they made a fifty something yard field goal? You yeah, mean? yeah. But, okay, I, but they I, did. I'm not I'm not gonna go deep into okay, that. Okay, yeah, I'm not let's go don't. deep into that. And you know, that fifth drive, Joe Burrow's out for the game. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Joe Burrow looked like he was doing pretty well. Um, I'm shocked. Uh, I knew, I thought that the weird leaks about the wrist injury, the whatever he was wearing, the brace was really funny. Like, I thought, I thought it was just, like, strange. Like, he didn't show up on the injury report. Right. And then all of a sudden it comes to bite us back in the butt. I don't know what to make of that. Um, and let me interrupt there. Let me interrupt there a second. So for those of you that may be unaware of this, they alluded to it last night, but it was more of a social media sort of um, uh, story than it was during the broadcast of the game, although Al Michaels and Her uh, Herbstreit did mention it. Uh, apparently, the Bengals had a video which was on their team website. And when all of a sudden you strike it down, it doesn't look good. I mean, whether you're innocent or guilty, it just really looks bad. When all of a sudden you put something up on that video, it showed some kind of device. And I don't know if it's a medical device. I don't know if it was something for his tablet. And the NFL is real. And believe me when I tell you this, I know this from firsthand experience. That deal they signed with, who is it? They use the tablets? Microsoft. Microsoft. They take this stuff so seriously. They do not want players being seen in any video, pictures, anything with one of these Apple computers. This is a huge deal for the NFL. So, some are saying, well, there must have been a picture in there uh, of that video that showed one of the Bengals players with an Apple device and not a Microsoft tablet. Okay, maybe it's true. I don't know. But the bottom line is, before I get back to you and I so rudely interrupted, is that there was a video posted that showed something on Burrow's hand or his wrist or his thumb. Something. I don't know what it is. Then all of a sudden, he's injured in the game and that video disappears off the Bengals' website. Gone. Why is that a big deal? Because the NFL takes very seriously their injury reports, which come out. Days leading up to a game. Burroughs nowhere to be found on that injury report this entire week. So, please, that's what that story is about. Yeah, that, that, was, um, that was a lot. <laughs> it came out of nowhere for me. Like, I, I saw it, didn't think anything of it. And then when it came to bite me back in the butt, that really just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I had a lot of different thoughts. Um, hopefully, nothing comes out of that and that it's – nothing burger but you look at past teams when they've had to deal something with a very similar situation 
um, like Ben Roethlisberger and his injuries. They usually find the team, whatever. Malpractice it might be from the Bengals' part. I wasn't too happy about that. Um, it just seemed like the Bengals, as soon as Burrow went down, were completely out of that game. Yeah. It seemed like momentum completely flipped. I mean, I, how more unlucky can you be swatting the ball up in the air and it land yep. perfectly into one of their fastest receivers' hands and takes it to the house? And at that point, we were up 10 to 7. It then turned into a 10 to 14 game. I had basically decided that, you know, after seeing Burrow not be able to grip the ball, run into the tunnel, that that was that. That was it. I didn't think that the Bengals were going to be able to um, stop the Ravens at that point. I didn't think the Bengals were going to be able to uh, move the ball without Joe Burrow. And lo and behold, that happened. Um, I left around halftime from that party, didn't even turn on the radio. Didn't even turn on the radio because I just knew that it wasn't going to be good. And end up being a 20 to 34 ball game. Heard a lot about the uh, the refing, how it wasn't great officiating. Atrocious. Yes. Heard it was atrocious. That's true. Um, didn't seem like Jake Browning really got the ball moving all too much. I had a garbage time touchdown with Jamar Chase, but even Jamar Chase was two of 12 for a touchdown. I mean, what what is our star receiver? If he's only getting two receptions for 12 yards, I mean, that's unacceptable. Um, well, I mean, look, a... look, this is comes, this, this comes, it, 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 look, there are so many different arteries off this primary vein here, right? Where we can go down this road. I have openly been critical for three years now of Zach Taylor's play calling. Long before it became chic to question, the guy was walking on water around here. And deservedly so. They get to a Super Bowl. They get to an AFC championship game. And now here we are in this mess. Stevie Wonder could have seen last night that the one thing the Bengals were ready to do last night and were having success was run the ball. Joe Mixon looked like he was shot out of a cannon every time he touched it last night. Yep. They're blowing people up on the line of scrimmage. And then after they go gain of 11, gain of 14, they're getting down into Baltimore territory on one of those drives where they end up kicking a 50-something yard field goal. What do they do? First down, throw a bomb. Second down, sack. Third down, and a million. Incomplete. Here comes the 55-yard field goal unit on. There was a point in time where they were still in the game where Joe Mixon was averaging eight yards per carry. And it wasn't like he had a bunch of one-yard runs and a 50-yard run. Every time he touched it, it was four or five, minimum. And broke a couple for 11, 12, 14. It was up the gut, too. It wasn't like they were getting around the edge or it wasn't like they did something fancy. They were blowing people off the line. Okay, and getting back to what I'm saying, anybody could have seen that they were running it well. Those same people could have seen that every time Burrow was dropping back, it was here we go again. There are guys all over him. Bengal quarterbacks were sacked five times. He was getting hit every time he threw it. 
They don't devise any game play. Completely outcoached by the Baltimore defensive coordinator, McDonald. You didn't even know Jamar Chase was on the team last night. How is it that the Kansas City Chiefs play and Travis Kelsey seems like he catches 15 passes every game? He doesn't. But it sure seems that way. You mean to tell me even in double coverage stuff, they can't get Jamar Chase open? And and, and boys and girls, I got to tell you, and I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I started to say it yesterday. Can you imagine this team going forward next year with no T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd? Can you imagine that? Irwin's a nice player. But I mean, come on, Daddy. Yoshi, he's hurt. Charlie Jones. Came back for the first time last night. They got dudes that they're bringing up from the practice squad whose only job during practice, two jobs, to stay in good physical condition in case you get your chance. So that means being ready. And part of being ready is knowing where you're supposed to be when they call a play. They're having to burn timeouts because guys that they called up have no idea what the hell's going on. None! One of you two guys help me here. Listen, Tom, I think it feels a little disingenuous to to suggest that this Bengals offense look middling with Joe Burrow out there on the field. Listen, both teams had four possessions before Joe Burrow got hurt. What did the Ravens do with their four possessions? I'm what? not talking about the Ravens. I'm I don't care about the okay, Ravens. I am. I can give you exactly what their drives were, right. and you tell me how this sounds. So wait, hang on. Before you start, because you, 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 all you do is yell and scream about this stuff all the time. <laughs> Here is what they did last night, yep. and you tell me this is a good offense. The first drive, they go seven plays for 40 yards. And have to kick a 50-something-year field goal. Seven plays, 40 yards. Second possession, three plays minus seven yards. How are we looking? We're up to 37 yards of offense now after a total of nine plays they've had the ball. They get it the third time. They manage to go 23 yards on seven plays. Boy, I tell you what, we keep going like we're going. We're going to get to 50 yards over three possessions. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. Mm -hmm. And then they have the one drive where they go down the field, 82 yards. I give it up to them. 12 plays capped off by the touchdown. So you tell me how that is good offense. Yeah, in those four possessions, they add half of their total offense of the entire game. They had 150 yards well, that's of offense because their starting in those quarterback four was in the game. Correct. And, and, and listen, if we're going to talk about how Jake Browning, I'm sure we're going to get to it later in the show, how Jake Browning looked fine. Yeah, in his, in his eight possessions, he had the same amount of offense that Joe Burrow had in four. And if we want to talk about how they looked Wait really a minute. good. Are, are you actually going to sit here and try to just pawn that off? No, that that's you're not the main compare, point. You're going to compare that's not what the, the Bengals point. do on offense with Jake Browning? The point of the matter is, is Tom, is in the first, first four possessions, they had three opportunities to score. In the, cha- the time when they did score their 82-yard drive, guess how many times they did it through? Guess how many yards of those 82 yards they got in the air? 
62 of them. Okay. So 62 of 80 yards are from passing the ball. This offense had three opportunities to score in the first four possessions of the game. Who looked better through the first eight possessions, the Bengals or the or the Ravens? Because I would certainly argue the Bengals. When but Joe Burrow I, I, goes I'm down to the seven, again, I'm not going to argue that. I again, you are Chris. <clears throat> this is like one of those things where like Michigan says, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. We're not talking about the Ravens on offense. Because if you want to talk about the Ravens on offense, at the end of the day, they scored 30 points and had 410 yards of offense. So if you want to talk about them, we can talk about it. The Bengals on the four drives with Burrow in there, they had 100 passing yards. 100. Yeah. Okay. That's an average of 25 per possession. Do you think the Bengals would beat anybody if you gave them 20, knowing how they don't run the ball, if you said the Bengals on four possessions the rest of this season, would you sign up for that document that says on every possession they're going to have an average of 25 passing yards? If you give my offense you didn't answer three my opportunities question. to score. You in didn't the answer first my four, question. Uh, let's, let's, let's flip this other way. Well, hang if on a second. Give, answer this no, and then take no, your. No, no. You would. would. Of course would. you would. But would you take an opportunity to score three out of every four possessions? Yes. Okay. I would. But the bottom line is they didn't score on three out of four possessions. They didn't. They right. scored on two. And they scored 10. And they averaged 20 per game. I mean, those just, it's like walking a straight line. It's the same thing. They had four possessions. They averaged 25 passing yards per possession. They scored 10 points. And this year they averaged 20.2 which there are only five teams in the NFL scoring fewer points per game than this alleged juggernaut on offense. It's 10 games now. They're averaging 20 points per game. And you give me every excuse in the world. Burroughs calf. Right. They had a nice stretch. Now all of a sudden, you know, I mean, he's hurt for the second half. You, you give me all that. Give me all you want. The Browns haven't had their starting quarterback for over half their games this year, and they're six and three. They're six and three. That's all I know. The Steelers have arguably one of the three worst quarterbacks in the NFL. They're six and three. In fact, Kenny Pickett probably averages more than 25 yards passing per drive in some games. They've been outgained every game this year, and they're six and three. I, it, and once again, it feels it feels disingenuous to bring up the, the Bengals' season-long stats when we know for the first four games that wasn't the Joe Burrow of the past few years. He wasn't moving. He wasn't. He was hurt. He was hurt. And since he's looked healthy, this offense, I would argue, and a lot of people would disagree with me, but I would argue this offense has looked very good. As I've pointed out multiple times. In the five previous games before last night, they've averaged 27 points a game, which would be good for top five in the league. The reason that people think this offense is good, Tom, is because it has been good. Last year, top 10 offense. Two years ago, top 10 offense. And when Joe Burrow has been healthy this year, it's been a top five offense. So that's why we talk about this offense all the time. Those are stats. You want to throw out stats, those are stats. And again, I will ask one simple question. What in the hell does last year or the year before have to okay, do then with the past this five year? Weeks. It has nothing to do with it. The past five nothing. weeks. Nothing. It's completely irrelevant. Every game is a game-by-game -game situation. And when you add them all together, 
You are what you are. You are a team which averages 20 points per game. And you are spending a king's ransom on the offensive side of the ball. May I? Please. Uh, so, I, listen, what Tom is saying is absolutely correct. This offense has not been good all year. I, I, I get what Reed's saying, but let's, let's be honest here. Against the Seahawks, they had one good drive, fell asleep. Two. Against the Browns, they no-showed. Against the Titans, they no-showed. Against the Cardinals, they had a lucky pick six. After that, they looked good. 49ers, they looked phenomenal. 49ers game, they looked the best they've ever looked. Bills game, they looked okay. Didn't do a single thing in the second half, but they did enough to win in the first half. The Texans, if we want to sit in here and say that they played good against the Texans, you can go ahead and do so, but they, they had the last five minutes and they had the first five minutes. Other than that, they didn't show up to the game. Zach Taylor in the offense has struggled this season. I get it. It's because of Burrow. That's a valid point. Your quarterback is injured, and he's sure. out there on a hobbled First leg. Four weeks, right? Yeah. It, 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 you, have to, you have to put that into, it, it, into the factors, right? But I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the, the Bengals were incapable of scoring. It's just it, our quarterback was injured, and they, and they no-showed half the season. They came out last night. I would argue I would, I'm more on the side with Reed and Casey that if, if we can – we had all the momentum. We had all the momentum after we scored that touchdown. You lose your quarterback, the defense gives up. They scored on that, on that fluky touchdown. It could have been an interception. Tipped up right into Zay Flowers' hands. He runs to the end zone. So, I, I, listen, we can sit here and say that the offense is terrible, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, if we don't have a quarterback, we have nothing, and that's what we have right now. We have nothing. Okay. Well, and, and, and look, uh, the thing that I think has to be offense aside, and the Burrow thing is the biggest story, the thing that, it, that, that has to have you just wondering, I mean, did they really – we asked the question in the offseason all the time, and you guys, you guys laughed about it. A lot of you guys wanted to write in about it when I kept asking the question, are the Bengals better today than they were last season? How's your defense looking? Now, please spare me somebody, the Sam Hubbard thing. Because I'm sick to my stomach about how many times I've heard in this chat and in this room about Joseph Asai, about Cam Sample, about Miles Murphy, about all these guys. And the only time they're ever mentioned is in this studio because they sure as hell don't say their name during the telecast. Okay, so, I mean, in hindsight, and hindsight's always 2020, but we were bringing it up long before it was hindsight. Did the Bengals make a terrible mistake in letting Von Bell and Jesse Bates walk out the door? Because that secondary last night, and I've been, I've been some of their biggest defenders, Hilton, Awuzie, these guys, Camp Taylor Britt had a nice year. They got schooled by a bunch of guys that you said were not good receivers. Mm -hmm. I mean, these cats look like they were in a different gear than the Bengals secondary last night. Yeah, I mean, I, and that Tom, was without Edwards again. They scored 34 without Edwards. Bengals defense was playing good uh, again uh, right up until the Burrow injury. Yes, and when you lose your leader, when you lose your captain, it's uh, I mean, the mental state's probably not great. I, I'd imagine. But the Bengals' defense was phenomenal 
for the first four drives of that game. I know they got torched that first drive. Other than that, they were damn good. They were absolutely damn good. Cam Taylor Britt, it took an injury to him. We lost. Th- How many guys are we going to lose? I mean, Cam Taylor Britt and Trey Hendrickson have arguably been B. our B. best. Hill was hurt. B.J. Hill fell down as well. Yeah. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt and Trey Hendrickson have arguably been our best players this season. So I know, I, I listen, I'm not going to sit here and say the defense was good either because they sucked. They gave up 34 points and they were torched. It's the same thing that happened last week. I think Lamar Jackson had 25 seconds to throw a football at one point <laughs> last night. Incomplete pass. Uh, it's it's not good. The defense isn't good. But, I, again, last night I would say it's a skewed metric because when you lose your quarterback, it's hard to get up there and be like, let's go get a stop for Jake Browning. I know you have to do it. They're professionals. I get all that. But I'm just saying that's that's probably what happened. That's You bring up Von Bell and Jesse Bates, and that's like – it's hard for me to believe what what happened to this defense, Tom. I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that just two safeties leaving makes this defense from you know top of the league in, in a lot of categories last few years to dead last in almost everything. Yep. In almost everything, and I I would argue that the safety is maybe the least important position on the defensive unit. It's important, but out of you know linebackers, line, cornerbacks, I would argue it's the least important. So. I just, it's hard for me to grasp that losing Jesse Bates and Von Bell meant that much to this team. So, where has this defense gone wrong? What is it about this defense from year over year to where it is turned into one of the worst defenses in the league? Well, you know, look, I hear you about the safety thing theoretically, okay? But you can never take away. The words that were uttered by Lou Anarumo yep. going back to before either Bates or Bell had left. He was asked the question, what's your worst nightmare? He said, not me, not you, not you, not you, not anybody in the chat. Lou Anarumo. He said himself, the quote was, my worst nightmare is if Von Bell and Jesse Bates are off this team next year. That's what he said. And, you know, look, uh, we all of us might think we know X, Y, and Z from time to time, and we do. (coughs) But I'm not trusting anybody's input on that statement more than I am Lou Anaruma. Yeah. I mean, he said it. Right. Can can we talk about something positive for just a second, though? Why? It's no fun. Jordan Battle did lead the, the, the team in tackles last night, and he had the majority of snaps. That was the first time he had the majority of the starting snaps at safety. And whether you like to, to point at the rest of the defense or not, that's a, a good positive step in the right direction for Jordan Battle to hopefully get more and more snaps. Because the dude, he made 10 solo tackles. 10. I mean, that's pretty darn good. I, I think that that is something that we should look out for continuing uh the the season forward i think that maybe we might have an answer there for me it's not even this i don't think the safeties are what the problem is it's the certainly pro- a, it's the certainly problem a nick scott problem. nick scott it, it, sucks but yeah but, but that's well. that's, yeah, that's a small part that's like maybe 25 percent of the problem the 75 percent of it is the poor tackling and the front seven i mean we we got to do a better job at respecting our responsibilities early on in games Got to uh, in the season as well. Got to wrap up more, and that just hasn't happened. The guys are just bouncing off of them, and it's 
been the difference, I think, on this defense. Yeah, this defense, we talked about this in weeks prior that, and we really talked about it last week after the Texans game, is that turnovers where actually the Bengals are, are very good, right? They, they get the ball back to the team at an elite level. But turnovers have kind of hidden the problems that this Bengals defense has had all season long. And, and what happens last night? They get no turnovers. They don't get Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to a few, and they don't get the Bengals a few extra possessions by causing an interception, causing a fumble. So when we don't get the turnovers, it just insinuates all the problems that this defense has had. Another 30-point game for the opposing team. I, I don't know. And I, I keep talking. We could talk about the safeties a little more. And you brought up the quote from Luana Rumo. That's a good point. But Dax Hill has been pretty good in replacing one of those guys. And Nick Scott and, and the revolving door in the other spot hasn't been very good. But I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of players, not just the safety position, but a lot of players who are on this team last year that are here this year have taken a major step back. And that's what it is. It's just simply the players aren't playing very well. It's not the replacements. It's not anything else. It's the guys that we expected to play at a similar clip as they have previous years are not doing that. Uh, Craig Sandlin, really appreciate you doing a little research here. We were talking about the offense, and, and you brought it up, Reed, how they averaged uh, 25 points per game over that five-game run. Yes. Sandlin points out 17 of those 95 points, 17 of the 95 over the five-game stretch. Two of the touchdown drives were under 20 yards, two of them under 20, and one field goal on a drive that went for zero yards. That's 17 of the 95. Now, my math stinks. So that's what, 78 points now divided by five, and right? one of them was a defensive touchdown. Okay, so let's now drop to 71 points over five games. Tom, why are you using facts to belittle my point? That's no fun. <laughs> I only bring it up because I'm not trying to belittle anybody. I, that, that's not what I, I ever have any goal of ever doing, ever, in anything in my life. I'm just saying that anybody who has watched this team really outside of the 49ers and maybe two, the first two drives of the Buffalo game. And look, perfectly understandable. The Burrow injury, the first number of games of the season, I totally get it. But we have been saying on off the bench that this offense has been overrated when it mattered for the last two seasons. The Super Bowl, they can't get a first down to get a field goal to win the game. The AFC Championship last year, they get five possessions. They can't get a field goal to win the game. And this year, yes, Burrow's hurt. Yes, Higgins has been hurt. There's no question about that. And you can't dismiss that as not being a part of this. But we talked about it the other day. They go five straight games of scoring a touchdown on their opening drive. And then the second, the third, and the fourth drives, drives of the game for the entire season before last night, nine games multiplied by three drives, 27 drives, they've scored a total of 30 points. If people think that's a good offense... So be it. So be it. The numbers don't lie. Yeah, and, and I think one of the biggest parts of the offense is the offensive line, which continues to be an issue. Last night it certainly was. It was a disaster. I don't know how many penalties we accrued, but it was disgusting. I, the, the offensive line is a revolving door, and somehow the Bengals have yet to figure it out. They spend the sixth most on their offensive line throughout the NFL, and it's a joke. 
I I agree and disagree because of how effective they were in the run game. Because I think that's part of the problem is like we've got a makeup uh, on the offensive line that is really built towards being able to punch people in the mouth. And that was proven last night. I mean, how many times did Mixon run up the gut for five, six, seven yards? Or more. And, and you're and you're and you're telling me that they're supposed to stop the Ravens who lead the league in sacks, lead the league in pressures by a, a considerable margin? I don't know. I just for me, the offensive woes, the problems has to rely you have to look at the coaching. You have to. You cannot tell me that we have this amount of talent on this roster that we spent all this money on the offensive line. These guys were good in other places. They didn't just magically get worse. They didn't just magically get worse over last year. And you're telling me you can only score, what, 20 points? Is that what we decided or less? 20 points a game? Well, I mean, that's what they're averaging for the year. They, they went into the game last night averaging 20.2 points per game. They scored 20, so they don't move. My point still stands. The, the coaching staff, the offensive side of the ball stinks. I mean, did anybody that. watching the game last night feel the way I feel? I mean, I, and they talked a lot about it during the broadcast, so maybe they were prompting me to think this way. I don't know. As I'm watching that game the entire time last night, I'm, th I'm just thinking to myself, the, that coaching staff with the Ravens, th they are just on it. They win games with backup quarterbacks. They win games with backup linemen. They go to the playoffs they with backup quarterbacks. They win games with backup linemen. Right. They have everybody and his brother get hurt. Just in the game alone last night, their quarterback rolls the ankle. They lose their best, second-best offensive player for the season, which we're going to get to that in a second, too. But, I mean, no excuses across the board. But, but do you guys feel that way? I feel that way most of the time I watch the Ravens play. I just feel like they are just on it. There's an attitude and an expectation and a history and a track record. The guy's been there 16 years. And all they do is win. Doesn't mean winning Super Bowls. It's hard to win a Super Bowl, and they've won one of those since he's been there. But there's just something about him. And, and, and look, when, when Lamar is there, they are a far superior team than the Bengals. They're a better team. He's eight and one. Right. Yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about John Harbaugh and, and also in the division, Mike Tomlin, yeah, they're much better coaches than, than what we have here in Cincinnati. They, they put their team constantly in a position to win, whether Lamar's out there or not, right? Tyler Huntley almost won a playoff game here in Cincinnati last year. It's not like, like when the Bengals don't have Joe Burrow out there, it feels like there's just an endless amount of despair. There's no hope there. For the other teams in the division, it's not like that. Lamar could have left that field, and the Ravens still would have been right in the thick of things, as we've seen for the past few years. And Casey brings up a good point about the, the coaching staff. What, what is it about this staff that will extenuate the offensive line that it just doesn't work. How can you grab players that have that have been successful and other players, bring them here to Cincinnati, and it just doesn't work? That doesn't happen for other teams in the division. It doesn't happen in Baltimore. We, we, we talk about injuries here. Sam Hubbard's hurt. 
You know, Cam Taylor-Britt might be hurt for a little bit of time. And, and we're talking, oh, this defense is going to be good. Who has had more injuries over the past few years than the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. Nobody in the NFL. No. I mean, last they time still they went out, their best defensive back did not play. Their best offensive lineman did not play. And in the first quarter, they lost their second best offensive player. I mean, think about that now for a second. If the Bengals went into the game last night, or any team on any given week, okay, if and the quarterback rolls his ankle during the game and they had the warm-up loosening up on the side in Huntley again last night, right? So, I mean, think about any team that goes into the game. So, who's the best Bengals offensive lineman? Orlando Brown? Okay, let's say he's out. Who's the best Bengals defensive back? So far this year, probably Cam Taylor-Britt, right? Right. Okay, him. All right. And then their best offensive player uh, after Burrow is Chase. Right? So right. let's assume for a second the Bengals started that game last night, even if they were playing at Paycor, against any team in the league, especially somebody like Baltimore. Can you imagine them starting the game last night without Orlando Brown, Cam Taylor-Britt, and in the first quarter losing Jamar Chase and not having him available the rest of the game? And having your quarterback having to play the rest of the game at, at, without question far less than 100%. How do you think they do? Not very good, <laughs> right? They, they, would, they would get the, the, the doors broken off, right? Blown off, whatever the saying is. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words today. And it just raises the reasons for these same things that Bengals fans know. Maybe when we talk about how important Joe Burrow is to this team, it is well warranted. Because when he's not on the field... This team simply isn't very good. And you can bring up the points about hey, they've averaged 20 points a game this year, all that. Well, great, whatever. When Joe Burrow's not on this field, this team doesn't win many ballgames. And they won't win many ballgames. I don't know if it's the leadership quality that he brings. I don't know if he just, <laughs> if they just lose all hope as a team, as a unit when he's not on the field, which I would say that's terrible coaching if you allow that to happen. But simply put, if nine's not out there, this team isn't very good. And we'll see that if he's going to be gone for an extended period of time. And this is why you invest in a good backup quarterback for reasons like this. You, it's, it's the NFL. It's impossible to stay healthy. It's now, unfortunately, a trend where Joe Burrow's going to get hurt every year. I know everybody says that about Lamar Jackson. We can go down the line, and I'm not yeah, an, I'm not, yeah, no, that's not going to be out here in, injury shaming people. But we've now seen Joe Burrow get injured every single season. And maybe last night or last year with the appendicitis, you don't count that. That's fine. I'm just saying at this point it's become a trend, and it sucks to say, but that's what it is. It's statistically accurate that he gets hurt. Well, but not the difference between the two, to be fair, is Lamar has missed regular season games and Burrow is not. Now that could start changing next week. But Burrow's, yeah. Burrow's injuries have occurred in training camp. Whether His it was rookie the, year, he missed time. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's an ACL. You're done for the year. But right. I, I'm just saying that But since he's taken over, been the guy, they've had a good team around him, he has not missed any regular season games. He played hurt earlier this year. But you're right. I mean, the last two years, bad luck, appendicitis, calf this year, coming back from a knee the year before that. Um, it is what it is. I mean, some of you here in the chat, and, and, and look, I, I, I respect very much uh, – your opinions, uh, you know, uh, Yash pointing out that they won this year without T. Higgins. They did. 
Um, Didn't T. Higgins get hurt in the season opener against Cleveland? He did. Okay, so he missed the Baltimore game, right? No, he 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 played in the Baltimore game. He did. Is that yeah. when he got hurt? Uh, I'm not sure exactly when he got hurt, but okay. Well, he was he, out last was... week and they lost. He was out last night and they lost. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I'm pretty sure Higgins. You, you sure he didn't miss the first Baltimore game? No, oh, he, no played, he had a he good played. game against Baltimore that game. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, the yeah. he was the only. Chase receiver. was quiet. He and he was the only one that had a good. He game. didn't play against Arizona. Is what I'm seeing. Against Arizona. Okay. Well, yeah, they won without him. Okay, they beat Arizona. All right, that's fair enough. But the, the fact of the matter is, the Bengals, to Tom's point, they should be able to win without some of these guys. I mean, it's it, 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 other teams are able to do it pretty much all around the league. You have to be able to win games if somebody goes down. It's it really is a next man up mentality mentality. And that's what it should be. The, the Bengals have lost without guys right now. And I know that one of the guys is the quarterback, and that's fine. It, it's not good, obviously. But you have, to, you have to find a way to win. This is a professional NFL franchise. If one player goes down, it does not make or break your season. It shouldn't, at least. I know the quarterback is the most important position. Mm-hmm. I get it. But, again, that's why you invest in a good backup quarterback for, for reasons just like this. And maybe you go into the playoffs. You saw Nick Foles do it. If Nick Foles is able to do it, anybody's able to do it. Jake Browning? Jake Browning's not able to do it. Well, here's the thing. Why? Is, Jake you... Browning's not able I can't. I, listen, if we want to sit in here and say Jake Browning played okay last night, I'll say fine. He looked okay. He looked like a, a serviceable quarterback for a losing franchise. That's what he looked like last night. I, did he look okay? He looked, he looked fine. He looked fine. I mean, the Cowboys went 4-1, and one, I think it was, with Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush last year. I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. You, your, your long-term outlook doesn't look good when Cooper Rush is your quarterback. Your long-term outlook doesn't look good when Jake Browning's your quarterback. Jake Browning was throwing Hail Marys last night, praying for pass interference. He had a couple good throws. He had a couple good scrambles. But he looks inexperienced. And that's what he is. The Bengals invested in an inexperienced quarterback who's been in the NFL for five years and has never been given a chance because, quite frankly, he's not good. Listen, they He's not good. They had 80 yards of offense with Jake Browning before the garbage time touchdown at the end of the game. That doesn't sound like a great offense to me. Okay, look, here's all I'm saying. We at the end of the day, we can say all those things which you just said were accurate about Browning. He's what is he, 26, 27 years old, been in the league 6 years, right? Out of Washington, 4 years starter there, blah blah blah. Okay, he didn't complete his first NFL pass until last night. He had not thrown his first NFL pass until this season. Um, he, I mean, it, it, was a, uh, it, it was a race of ineptitude for the backup quarterback job, if you remember, during training camp this year. And both of them played a ton during the preseason because Burrow was hurt between Browning and Simeon. Browning did more good things. He got the gig. They bring in A.J. McCarron because they weren't so sold on Browning. Okay, and now McCarron's been around long enough where he's learned the offense, and we're going to get to all this in a second. But here's what I'm saying. I don't know. You don't know. He doesn't know. He being Jake Browning. Nobody knows if this guy's capable of winning games. You can't say somebody can't do something until they prove to you they can't do it, right? It's like Pete Carroll says all the time. I don't want to hear about what a player can't do. I want to hear about what a player can't can do so now are you guys saying if i hear you right because boy casey are you down today 
I mean, I, I, I'm stunned. I, I am really stunned. Tom, I, I won't I mean, lie. you're really I am, down. I am really down, yeah. Can really the Bengals down. win, get to the playoffs? And let's be honest, boys and girls, how much do you have to score next week against Pittsburgh? That's fair. All right, now, now I say that, but that was based on a Bengals defense we've watched the last couple of years that really stepped up and got it done. I mean, maybe the Steelers mm-hmm. score 40 on them, and the way they're going, maybe they will. But are, are you telling me that you don't think Jake Browning is capable? I know it's a tough schedule, the toughest schedule in the NFL. But are you prepared to say the Bengals and getting to the playoffs are D-U-N done if Burrow can't play? Casey? <laughs> Tom, I you look at the schedule, right? If it's a sprained wrist, that's probably a minimum two- to three-week injury recovery time, right? So if we're going based off of that, at Steelers – at Jags, Colts. I think that is pretty lucky for us, to be honest, to have that sort of stretch there for for us to be able to play the Colts in that stretch um, to at least maybe go one and two. Um, I think they can, he can win against the Steelers because of how putrid that offense is. I think you, you're right on that. The Jags is going to be a bit tough. Bit of a tougher yeah, but I mean, match, but the, and then the, and the, the Colts Jags. are in the same spot. Well, but let's be honest about the Jags a second now. I mean, again, Tr- trust I mean, me, I, mean, I, I know I believe, that Reed's I'm, all over them, but I mean, they scored three points against the 49ers last week. I agree. Granted, have elite players all over the field, and they gave up 34. I agree. At but home. it's it's more of it's based off of how badly our defense has been performing. Okay, fair enough. That that that's that's where I'm coming from. I think you can get into a slugfest with the Colts. I think you can get into a slugfest with the Steelers if they really decide to really hammer down that we're going to run the ball with Joe Mixon. We saw enough with this Ravens game that we're going to rely heavy on Joe. And I, I just – I don't know about the Jags. That's just a tough one. I, I can see them going one and two, and if they're one and two, that puts us at, what, six and eight or six and – Six and seven. Six and seven. If we're six and, and seven, you, that and requires then you got Kansas City, you got Cleveland, you got. But then Joe's back, and with Joe, well, you have a speculation chance. now. You were just saying if he missed three games, right? Okay. If he misses three games, okay. if I'm he, asking if, he if he's out for the year, are they done? Oh no, they're they're done. One hundred percent, they're done. He's you out. Gotta be year. kidding! They're me. finished, Tom. They're they're, they're, Tom, they're, they're done. one in, they're one in five in the conference. So no, I'm saying they're done from even making a run to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Tom, they will they, would, they would minute, bypass wait, wait. if they were to get to a certain number of wins. They will have a win against the Colts. Let's just see. So these are a couple teams that are in front of them. They're right. three spots back. Okay, does anybody really believe the Raiders are going to go win ten games? I mean, come on, they're not going to win ten games. So if you've got and does anybody really believe when all is said and done? that the Steelers are going to keep doing what they're doing. Maybe they will. I don't know. But I, I, I'm just saying, I, and look, I can be as hard on these guys as anybody. But, but, but I, put it this way. And this is what I was saying about driving into work today. For all the fans out there, like you guys, who are saying, D-U-N done, over, okay? Does that mean that you wouldn't have any problem whatsoever if some video came out that had Zach Taylor just saying to his team, fellas, without Burrow, we are D-U-N done. Go play your asses off for yourself and forget about it. We ain't going to make it. That's your guys' attitude. The, the only way that they have a chance, Tom, is if they beat Pittsburgh and they beat the Colts. 
I think that's the only way to have a chance. I, I, I don't expect the Browns to continue to to be on this winning streak. Some we're gonna get to the super chats here in a second, but those guys, those backups are one and three. Um, Texans, I think they can sneak in. You you gotta you gotta make your mark against the Steelers though. You gotta you gotta win both those games. Gotta beat the Colts. Yep. That at least gets you into that seventh, sixth spot in the wild card with that's, the tiebreakers. That's the point, Tom, is that we're currently one in five in the conference. Yes. So I think eleven if Joe Burrow can't play for the rest of the year, eleven and six is off the table. At very best, you're looking at ten and seven. And does ten and seven get you in the postseason Don't when know. you're already one and five in the conference? It's a good question. Because head to head would be would be your only chance of winning tiebreakers over them. So you'd have to win a game against the Jags and hope that they fall off and that they're ten and seven. So you have their head to head over them, or the Colts go ten and seven. So you have a head to head over them. But if it's head to head against teams in the division, your only chance there would be to go up against the Steelers and beat them twice and say, all right, we beat them twice. Because if you do conference and divisional record, we won't have a better record right. than them. So it seems very likely that 11 wins is is really the true path to the Bengals to the postseason at this very moment. Tom, you, 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 you've spent the first 45 minutes of the show crit- criticizing the offense, criticizing the defense. Yep. Both fair. How does any of that improve with Jake Browning well, under center? Well, because I think— And, and not, okay. only, not only that, you think the—I do, at least. I think the offensive line's been terrible this season. Wait till you see it with Jake Browning under well, center. Well, it's not going to get better when they realize they can blitz him to all hell, and he's going to force inter- to turnover after turnover. Well, look, I, I, think you need, I think you need to now— This is where we're going to find out what Zach Taylor is truly all about. That's true. The best yeah. thing in the world is if you're a head coach and you have got the elite— the elite guy, whoever that is, right? Harbaugh looks a hell of a lot better with Lamar Jackson in there. Zach looks better in there with Joe Burrow in there. Everybody looks better in there with their guy in there, franchise guy. I mean, Andy Reid, how would he look without Mahomes, okay? Well, you know, how'd he look last year in the AFC Championship game? What was that cat's name, the veteran that took over and took him Chad. 95 yards for Chad a touchdown? Henry. Man, okay. Michigan. You got it? Yeah, that's a miracle in and of itself. But he stole their signs. So, but, <laughs> but, but, but look, here's the deal. When people in the chat are sitting here saying, hey, Tom, what are you drinking? Tom, backup quarterbacks don't win in the NFL. I'm not saying you want to make a living off of it. But hold on a second. We just said a little while ago, the Ravens got to the playoffs last year. And didn't have Lamar Jackson for the entire second half of the season. And were it not for a Sam Hubbard 99-yard return on the goal line, they would have beaten the Bengals in the playoffs last year with Tyler Huntley, who didn't even start the last game of the regular season, if you remember, against the Bengals. We just talked about Cooper Rush. Dak goes down, broken thumb. Four and one for the Cowboys. P.J. Walker this year is 2-1 and one for the Cleveland Browns. I don't think it is beyond comprehension that knowing two of your next three games are against the Colts and the Steelers, and even for that matter, the Jags, but they're better than those other two. I don't think it's beyond comprehension that you alter your style of play You do a lot more of what we saw last night when they were running the ball. You have to now become a different offense. It doesn't mean you forget about Jamar Chase and you get Higgins back and all these guys, right? 
But just think about, in a positive way, the alterations they've made since me and everybody else was ready to throw everybody that's in the tight end room out on the street. Their tight ends all of a sudden look like they got some serviceable guys in there. This Hudson all of a sudden looks like he might be a pretty good player. He looks every bit the part of, 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 of uh, Hayden Hurst right now. Yeah, Every bit the part. CJ's on there. And they didn't have a guy that had two catches in a game this year. So all I'm saying is, you know, even if we just look at that position, and it's not as important as the quarterback position, but if all of a sudden they say, boys, we're going from 65-35 pass run, and now we're going 65-35 run pass. You're going to get Browning up under center. You're going to bring in an extra tight end. And you're just going to try to start mauling people. And even the first play last night, if you, if you remember, the first play that Browning came into the game last night, what did they do? Ravens think they're going to run the ball. Here comes this guy, hadn't played in the league, blah, 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 blah. Great play call. I'll give it up to Taylor. What do he do? He fakes a handoff like they're going to go left. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he shifts gears and rolls right. They get him out of the pocket. P, eight-yard gain. Boom, first play. I still think one of the single biggest plays of last night was what if Irwin catches that ball last night where they overturned it? That would have kept the drive alive on a third down. Sure. And now all of a sudden they're inside the 35-yard line. Right? Sure. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just saying there were some things that now that Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, they have a week and a half to shift now the philosophy of the offense. You're not going to start changing personnel. You're not doing that because you got good players. And you just say the offensive line, fellas, you probably get tired of trying to pass block, and quite honestly, you ain't doing too good at it. So let's go start mauling people. That's the way all the other teams are winning in the AFC North. They're mauling people. You remember a couple of years ago when we played the Steelers on Monday Night Football and Ryan Finley played? The Steelers were, I think, had the best record in, in the NFL. Remember that game, Tom? Yes, I do. Um, what, one thing that they did, they used Ryan Finley's athleticism. Yep. And they ran a lot of college-style zone reads. I don't know if you remember that, but that was, that was kind of the MO of the Bengals that night. They ran zone reads. And that's what they like about Jake Browning as a backup is they like his athleticism. We saw him rush for 40 yards last night. So – is there ways in which the Cincinnati Bengals can craft and, and fool an NFL defense for a week or two? Sure. Sure. Their two weakest opponents looking forward are probably the Steelers and the Colts, who are the next two teams on, on the schedule. So can they scrap and muddy up a game and win in the NFL? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm not putting it off. I'm not, I'm not writing it off, right? I'm okay, not. so you're the only one on record in this room as not writing off the season. Is that what you're telling me? No, that's not what he said. He said they can win a game, which I agree. Jake Browning can win a game they against the Steelers. They can, they can muddy up a game, and if Joe Burrow it's comes Gardner, back in three Minshew, weeks. Minshew, and Kenny Pickett. The Bengals aren't going to lose out. I want to make that very clear. Jake Browning is capable of winning an NFL game. Jake Browning's not capable of winning a Super Bowl. No, I, I didn't say that. I, but that's I, why you play. But that's I, why, we're, that's why I, we play this season. I, I, we know that in theory. But now you have to alter your expectations. I'm asking you, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being D-U-N done, 0 being D-U-N done, 10 being they make it. If they have to play, 
Let's just call it the next month. No, I, I just want to ask a question. If they have to play the rest of this season with Jake Browning, what are their chances of making the playoffs? Zero would be none. Ten would be they make it. What would they be for you? A one. Okay. I would, I would give it maybe a two or three. Okay. Casey? Yeah, Tom, I'm going to give him a three. Three. It can happen. It can happen. It can it's certainly happen. Like I said, that, that scenario, right, of them beating the Steelers, beating the Colts, which they're very certainly capable of doing, gives them a pretty good chance. But they gotta, they got to win those games. If they don't win those games, it's completely out of the question. Here, here's the question, Tom. Yeah. This, it's like we've come full circle back to about five weeks ago. Is that if, if we hear that, that Joe Burrow is – 60% of a full Joe Burrow is pretty much banged up just like he was to begin the year. Okay. Are you running him out there? Are you running him out there and trying to keep this season alive? Or are you just saying, listen, Joe, we got a lot of money wrapped up into you for the next seven years. Let's not make a bad situation worse. We'll let Jake Browning play. Oh, I'm, running, I'm running him out there. Okay. But that's for me. He may not want to go out there, and I don't say that in any shot because Burrow's a tough dude and he wants to play and he cares. We all know that. He's a great leader. But, yeah, I mean, if you, if you find a way to steal two of these next three, you come back, he has a chance to come back, and you're a game over 500, and, you know, you'd still have the Steelers again on your schedule. You still have the Browns again on your great defensive teams. That scares you. You got Kansas City on your great defensive team. Scares you. Uh, you got Minnesota coming to town, who's playing well. But, you know, look, uh, yeah, wouldn't you play him? So back when it was the calf, I was the one sitting here going, let's not sit him. Let's not sit him. Let's play him. Let's keep this season going. Let's keep this season going. But if it's, you know, we have to play Jake Browning for a couple of weeks and then Joe Burrow's a, a banged up mess, it, it would, I would have to see if we win the next few games. But at this very moment, no, I don't. I don't think so because it seems – so unlikely that the Bengals make the postseason with with Jake Browning or with a banged up Joe Burrow because, like I said, they're one and five in the conference. They're zero and three in the division. So ten and seven. If they get to ten and seven, that's where that should be a hundred percent guarantee. You're in the postseason. It's not that for the Cincinnati Bengals because they'd have a tiebreaker over nobody, besides maybe the Colts and the Jags or the Steelers. But they're not going to have it over the Browns. Not going to have it. Not maybe over Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota is is aren't they? They're in the NFC. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying you got to play them. That's what I meant. Correct. Yeah, I know Correct. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. I was just I was just going to say we do have a couple super chats. Yeah. I think that's what okay. Let's get, get to them. And yeah. do we have weather today? Uh, I can do it if you. I was not going to do it. No today. problem. No problem. Uh, because but we it will was raining. Do some sponsor reads. It's, it's raining, and it's sad, and, and nothing matters. All right, we have coming up here today. Okay, now look, we're going to move on from the Bengals shortly, but I do want to ask all the guys here and ask you. Because what's good for this guy can be good for that guy. If you found out today, excuse me, if you found out today that Burrow's done for the year, We asked you about it with Cleveland. Would you think about picking up the phone and calling Tom Brady? <laughs> no. 
Well, I mean, we, we ran it around the other day about Cleveland, and we'll get to this in a second. We're going to have some ad reads, Casey, so get your voice ready. you gotta, you got to deliver this with some pep, Casey. These are our sponsors. Yeah. They deserve your very, very best. Of course they do, Tom. Okay. Yeah. All right. So please take it away. Well, and, well, oh, and coming up, we got picks today. got college to talk about. We're going to talk about the Harbaugh thing a little bit. I, I, I don't know what to think about that. Maybe some of you do. Uh, all of a sudden, him doing an about face. Um, and, and, and accepting the suspension handed down by the Big Ten, which they said was a joke all along, and, and now they're saying, oh, okay, we accept it. Why? 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 Why are they not in the courtroom right now in Detroit or Ann Arbor arguing their case? Due process. I don't know. I don't know, Casey. I do know it's time for you to take it over. Yeah, and I, before I get deep yes. into the ad reads, I'm actually going to read through our Super Chats. We've had a ton of Super Chats All right, today. let's hear them. Let's hear them. We're going to start with Justin. He was the first Super Chat of the day. Sim Burrow to Krim Check. I'm not going to say that name the way that he spelt it because Krim Check yeah, like did Krim a great Check. job. Love Krim Check did a great job That's on my guy. wife's leg, so he'll be just fine. And then uh, Chad Waits says, fact of the matter is that Joe Burrow isn't – wasn't drafted. Zach Taylor would be an assistant somewhere else. Also, fire Elliot, extend Reed. I don't agree with that last statement. I, I think like we that. should extend Elliot and extend Reed. And extend Casey. Um, and maybe. extend Jake Browning. Maybe. Uh, Evan Maurer, Trade India. I think that one was just for you, Elliot. Um, Ty James. That? Yeah, I disagree with I, – I disagree. What about, what about that? I mean, they, 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 they dump the news that they want to trade – Jonathan India right during, right when kickoff starts. Yeah, I, night football with the I found that Bengals. I found that to be strange, especially after there was another report that said uh, they weren't going to trade him. But wh- whatever, I, if we're going to trade Jonathan India, I get it, I understand it. He's the odd man out. If he's not going to move positions, then he's out of a job. I would have liked him for the depth, but if they trade him and we get something back that can help this team next year, I'm all for it. Continue, Casey. I'm sorry yeah. I interrupted. Um, the, I think Ty was just trying to illustrate that the backups here. Um, don't play well. I looked it up. Tyler Huntley is three and five as a starter. Um, Walker this season is two and one. But if you look at his career at Carolina, it was not great. So I think we understand your point, though, Ty. Uh, thank you for that five dollars super chat. Uh, Drew Garrison, I will be at Paycor Stadium in a Jake Browning jersey, November twenty sixth. So look That's out for look him. Lovely. That's, That's gonna look lovely. Drew. It's gonna be really good on on you there, uh, Chad. ELE waits one more time. Bring back the red rifle. I think he is currently still playing in, in Carolina or something to that, that degree. That would be hot. Um, that would be, be an interesting Funny tidbit too. for us. And then Ben Riley, super chat. The irony is this would force Zach to feed Mixon, in my humble opinion. Also to quote a great song, that's life. That's what all the people say. That's life. That's what all the people say. <laughs> And all this Bengals talk that we've had today is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with the suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Where does it begin? Here at Encore.tech. And I got this Pawnee water bottle right here. Ooh. Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. 
uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. And I need to drink a lot of this water after all the crying I did last night. Mm. It's fantastic. It's yeah. good tasting water, Casey. Yeah. It's great tasting water. It is um, going to hydrate you after all that sweating that you do, all that crying and shenanigans that you did during that Thursday night football game. So check it out. Are right. Check it out. Tom, were you up to shenanigans last night, Case, watching the game? I mean, I know you talked about the birthday party, but were you in the jar last night? No, I, 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 uh, Can you flip me those not. glasses over there, please, Elliot? Yeah. I was not in any shenanigans whatsoever. I tried to stay clear. Tried to, tried to stay clear away from Thanks. this game. Now, I, I won't get super detailed into it, but, um, we do work for Betfred, and we get, um, we get a free bet for working for them every we do? every time. Well, if you, you go work down at the tents, you get a bet with them. Uh, I definitely had it on the Bengals money line, but it was a free bet, and uh, it didn't hit obviously. But that, that I also had it on I, the Bengals. That was the only thing I had. That's last a quick. Night. That's a quick two fifty down the toilet. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say how much it was, but yeah, it was oh. a two hundred fifty dollars free bet. Two- but it's free money. It's free money. Yeah. It was, it's a risk-free bet that risk-free they uh, That's award us. That's a good us. deal there. That is a good deal. You have action there? Or you gonna, maybe you bet the other way and you want some cash on that. No, I, uh, uh, I didn't uh, work uh, the tents uh, uh, the last uh, few weeks, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the Fred bets. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, please, we're, we're going to do a pregame show before the Steelers, right? Live on the banks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that a done deal? or that, am I, that, am That's I, the plan. That's the plan at this very moment. Yeah. At the Bet Fred tent. Correct. Right there at the banks. In between, right next to the video board there, and catty yep. cornered from the Jefferson Social. So uh, we're, you know, look, we're trying to build the show up, gaining in popularity. I mean, our numbers today are through the roof. Isn't it always kind of funny how when the team doesn't do very well, we, the numbers blow up? Yeah, it does. There's a lot to talk about. Today, there, there so. is a lot to talk about. You know, a, a couple, just a couple of other quick things I want to ask you guys about before we move to some other topics here, real quick. I asked, uh, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it unless you want to. It's up to you guys. Would you call Brady? Would you call him, Elliot? Would you pick up the phone? No, You're twelve and a half million under this the cap. A, this isn't a serious inquiry. It Tom. is a very serious inquiry. No, I can promise it's you not. right now, if I own the team, and I can't speak for anybody else, I can also promise you, if say Mark Cuban owned the team, you know what? And getting, I'm not a Cuban guy. You guys are. You know what? Getting Tom Brady does though. It means that you have no faith in Jake Browning. So they're the. Are you hurting you somebody's can't. feelings? Well, I'm just saying that then, I mean, then you're, telling the, you're telling the team that you're basically giving up on the season if you can't get Tom Brady. You signed A.J. McCarron. It's basically the same thing. Even, <sighs> in fact, more of a slap in the face. If you brought in Tom, Tom Brady, I mean, a guy like Jake Browning would probably be like, well, okay, it's Tom Brady. Well, you need someone on the practice this, squad. This is, right? this is the least fun thing that we as sports fans do is uh, quarterback goes down. We just did it with the Browns last week, and we'll, we'll do it here, and that's uh, – Start naming your, your favorite quarterbacks of, of, of the last decade. Just name them all, right? Like Tom, Tom Brady. Name them Palma, all. Phillip Rivers, all, all the guys that have, that have retired in recent years. Listen, if, it, if, if Tom Brady, if you find out that Tom Brady has, has interest in, in playing in the National Football League still, sure, what's it hurt? 
I mean, he probably won't won't cost a whole lot to, to pay him. He probably just wants to play. Like he doesn't need money or anything like that. Sure, but I don't think that's a serious a serious thing. Okay. You know my opinion, Tom. If we want, I mean, how far back down the line? I mean, how far is Tim Tebow available? Oh, come on. We can on. give him a call. Come on. We're I mean, talking just, about a guy keep... who it's his first year out. I'm not talking Carson? about some dude that's Carson gonna... Palmer loves the Bengals. He's expressed Carson. that a lot. Oh, Maybe we can bring him back. Him and Mike Brown can take a couple pictures before the game. <laughs> It'll all be a real good time. Love that Tebow. See, that's that's love the, Tebow. Boomer, Boomer might be available. Boomer looks good up there okay, on TV. You guys now. are turning this into a joke now. Well, I you mean, you just recommended a, a guy who's been out of the league for two years. He's forty nine years he old. He played last year. He played last year, and if there's one human being on the planet that you would probably bet a lot of money on, well, you might not, Elliot, but <laughs> you would probably bet a lot of money on still being in really good shape. Yeah. It would be Tom Brady. I'm sure he's a fantastic. So, I, look, I don't think it's so outrageous. Here. Why not think out of the box? That's the problem around here. I'm not saying that it would even work. Maybe he would come in here and stink up the joint. Maybe he'd laugh at you and just hang up the phone. I don't know. But why not at least open your mind to the possibility of it? Why not? Maybe he comes in here for two days, looks at the offense. You watch him in practice, he looks terrible, shake his hand and say, hey, Tom, we really appreciate you just even thinking about it. As opposed to, we're all going to sit here and be in the kind of mood that you three guys are in. A positive mood. Of the, po of the possibility that now you face the rest of the season with Jake Browning. What would get you more excited? Tom Brady working out down at Paycor? Would you feel better about the games against Indianapolis and no the Steelers doubt. and all those guys? No doubt. Tom. All right. Well, then why is it so outrageous to think about? Why? Because I just don't think that's a very serious thing. to. I, 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 like, yes, I, I said it. You asked the question, what I call Tom Brady. If Tom Brady has expressed interest to NFL owners and, and GMs and all this, that, that he still maybe wants to play for a good team, sure. Call up Tom Brady, ask if he wants to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. What's it hurt? It's a phone call. I'm sure they have, a, maybe maybe not the Cincinnati Bengals, but I'm sure they have unlimited calling down there on their cell phones. But Mike Brown's pretty cheap, so maybe they don't. Yeah. Maybe they just pay, pay for the minutes. And after that, we'll okay. call Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, and we'll call them all. <laughs> no. And we'll but, see but if they want to the play thing, next. Tom, what about this team? We talked for the first hour. What about this team makes you believe that putting in a replacement, a former starter, a guy that hasn't played in a year, or guys that – have floated around the league. What makes you believe that if they come to Cincinnati, this is a playoff team? I, I it's a bottom. It's a bottom I, defense. That, that is a fair question. It's a perfectly fair question. There's no doubt you are one thousand percent correct in asking that question. And and were they a playoff team with Burrow playing at sixty percent? No. Were they really even a playoff team with Burrow in there? They were four and one over that stretch. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Okay, but. But, but when you're watching their defense, just these last two weeks especially, you're going, probably not. But, again, I just asked the question. I mean, it'd be no different in any other sport. I mean, would you take a flyer on fill in the blank? We've asked a question around here about Trevor Bauer. Now you're talking about night and day difference of character sure. here. Okay? There's no doubt about that. But I can't tell you how many guys in this chat right here have said, sign Trevor Bauer. Whole pile of them. 
So this would apply to anybody. If Carl Malone had just retired from the NBA and I was a team the following year and he had just stepped out of the game and he's 40 years old, oh, but last year uh, he, he averaged 24 points and 11 rebounds a game and my best power forward just went down, why is it ludicrous to think about picking up the phone and calling Carl Malone? It's the difference between hope. Your guy Obama, hope and change. It's a difference between hoping you can get to the playoffs, having legitimate hope. And look, whether he could do it or not, you would at least have more hope. I think we all can agree on that. If they signed Tom Brady today, you would have a lot more hope than you do Jake Brown. Undoubtedly. Okay, no, so no I'm just saying, it, what's wrong with giving your fan base some more hope? I know it sounds outrageous talking about Tom Brady, but why not a little hope? Because right now, Bengal Nation it, it, it is down here. They're the stuff the lawnmower man is mowing right now. So, what's wrong with a little? Let me hope? let me ask you let me ask you a question, Tom. Yes. What's more likely, calling up Tom Brady and him agreeing to play for the Cincinnati Bengals? Yes. When he's when next year he will be the highest paid broadcaster of all time, and I'm pretty sure he's an owner of a team. Raiders. Which, which would prevent... Which well, would he's prevent. trying to get that. Okay. Right. So what's more likely, calling up Tom Brady and him agreeing to play for the Cincinnati Bengals or Jake Browning becoming a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback for this final <laughs> final eight games of the year? That's a good question. I mean, I'm, being, I'm asking a serious question because if it's, if it's the latter, then why aren't we talking about that? Why can't Jake Browning become... Because they seem both as likely. Not very. And the one guy we haven't uh, talked about here is uh, is uh, where does uh, A.J. McCarron fall in all this? Well, he'll be starting in a couple weeks. That's where he falls into it. After this Browning disaster ends, uh, A.J. McCarron will enter the game. He's an experienced quarterback. He probably won't. He probably he probably won't win many games either. But at least I can at least trust him because he's been there. I'm not saying Jake Browning can never be a good quarterback in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. He's I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying, I'm, saying, I'm saying it's not a great time to start experimenting with it this season. It's not a matter of experimenting with it. CJ Elfers, Bo, uh, Black. I was going to call him Bozo Moore. Blackmore, uh, welcome to the chat. Uh, you guys are you, you guys are members. Love you both. Oh wait, now wait a minute. Do we have to do chat rankings today? No, we're not doing chat rankings. You sure? Yeah, it's I'm only not doing twenty it. after eleven. Do you want me to? All right, then I'll do it. Oh, you I'll have to do it today. We got to get to picks too, so we got to wrap up. Okay, so let's wrap this up, and uh, and we'll get to picks here in a second. Last thing, uh, officiating. Are we were we talking about officiating yet? Officiating was brutal. It was. I mean, I think Terrible. we all agree across the board. This, this PI stuff is out of control. AI is out of control. PI is out of control. Okay, so then there's the thing with Logan Wilson and this hip drop tackle thing. That, this is the most infuriating I thing mean, about I mean, I got to tell you, I, you know, uh, no one has more respect for John Harbaugh than I do. This is a self-made dude who earned his stripes. He grew up in a football coach's family, just like his brother. He has given his life to the game of football. From small town colleges, working his way up, assistant in the NFL, Head coach now 16 years, won a Super Bowl, playoffs countless times. He's on his game. But I almost fell over last night when in the post-game news conference, he alluded uh, as if to imply, uh, you know, asking why did Wilson have to do that? But what does that mean? 
if anybody would have watched that tackle, Logan Wilson's trying to wrap the guy up. He starts to slip. And as he's slipping down, he's wrapping tighter, and he happened to just come down on Edwards' foot slash ankle. And, and there's been talk about legislating that. How in the world are you going to legislate asking 250 to 350-pound men, 200-pound men running 4-3, 4-2, 40s, when they're chasing another guy who runs a 4-2, on a slant, and all they're trying to do is wrap their arms around the guy and tackle him, and you happen to fall down on his ankle. Yeah, there was nothing there. You, you and I both know that there was, there was no malicious intent uh, no. by Logan Wilson. No. Ian Rappaport insinuating that on that tweet seems a little gross, too. Like yeah, The that fact was... that he would throw that out there that Logan Wilson would hurt three players for the Baltimore Ravens, that, that just seemed like misreporting. And then, and then afterwards, having Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen go up there and say – Roquan. Roquan say, well, when you play the Ravens defense, you're going to get hurt sometimes. Come on. Let's be a little better than that. It's ridiculous. It's football. My Lord. Well, hey, look, flag football is coming to the Olympics, so it might be coming to a town near you. Jake Browning. I could see him playing flag football. <laughs> I think he'd be good at it. You are unbelievable. Okay. Jake, Jake Browning's best year at Washington – Two of his receivers, former first-round pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, John Ross, and er, second-round pick of the Bengals, Drew Sample. I'm just saying, a lot of chemistry there. Drew Sample, get John Ross back from unretiring. Yeah, get John Ross back to play for Higgins. (laughs) Okay. Um, They need some speed. All right, I I got a question for you here, boys. All right. The Jim Harbaugh thing. Before we get to picks, and we'll do that the last 20 minutes. What, what were your thoughts on that? When you, you know, when I was sitting at home yesterday, uh, got back home late in the afternoon, and um, I saw where, you know, Harbaugh and the University of Michigan decided we're going to accept the three-game suspension. What did you think when you saw that? Yeah, I think you, you alluded to it earlier when you said it's, it's kind of weird how they, they're fighting back. They're fighting back about every, everything that uh, the Big Ten has bestowed upon them and said, listen, this is, this is ridiculous, kind of laughing at it, made a farce out of it. And then they just go down quietly and they just say, ah, we'll take it. We'll take the suspension. Yeah, I don't <laughs> – this whole thing has turned into a bit of a farce, Tom. From, from really the, the onset of the, the news breaking to where there was a mob that – that wanted them to do something about it, and rightfully so, right? There's cheating in the in the sport. You want to see some repercussions for it. But the way that Michigan has handled it, the way that all the Michigan detractors have handled it, it has really turned into just a giant farce of really serious a- allegations. So at this very moment, it makes it look like uh, Michigan's just like, yeah, whatever. We're, we're going to get in trouble anyway, so just go, go ahead and accept it. I don't know what you took away from it. What did, what, what did, I, what I, is- I don't know what to think about it. I mean, I'll sit there and I read it, and I try to do my best to go in and read as many articles as I can from uh, viewpoints here to here. I'll go to the Detroit Free Press, where you know it's going to be Homer Central, except for um, uh, Rob Parker when he was there. He was on this show a couple weeks ago and said, are you kidding me? Throw the book at him. There's a slam dunk case here. But 
by and large, if you go look, and it's no different in Cincinnati, it's no different in Phoenix, it's no, New York would be a little bit different. But most of the hometown media, they're always going to side with the hometown team. Ohio State Buckeye fans would do the exact same thing if Ohio State was in this position like the Michigan fans and the Michigan media are now. Right. So I try to at least get a wide range of opinions when I read this stuff. And for the life of me, Elliot, I, I can't figure out where to come down on this. And, and then what was even more interesting, I thought, but I want to get your feelings on what you thought about it, was in the releases – one by Michigan, the other one by the Big Ten. It is very, very clear that the Big Ten is still going to aid and do everything they can with whatever information they have to continue to cooperate in the NCAA's investigation, just like the NCAA cooperated with the Big Ten in its investigation. Just because the Big Ten has dropped its investigation does not mean that the NCAA thing goes away. But what did you think of that? Anything strike you, or you're just done with it? I, I mean, it was the, I think it's the right move by Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh is going to try to get out of this with as little pub as he can, and then he's going to leave, he's going to leave Michigan, and he's going to go to the NFL. That's what I think is going to happen. I, the NCAA will run, of it, run its investigation by the time they conclude. Harbaugh will be gone, and none of it will matter. That's, 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 that's my opinion. The, the Big Ten, I, I think that punishment is kind of lame. It's, it's a three-game suspension. Uh, but he can do pretty much everything that he could do. He just can't stand on the sideline during games. Okay, am I reading right? Jolly Jolly is reporting that just seconds ago, Michigan has fired their linebacker coach with two games left in the season. Mm, let me see. Where to go find out? For a top five defensive team in the country. Jolly Jolly's dialed in now. He's a college football producer for Fox Sports. We're going to find out. Michigan announces Chris Patrich has been fired. No reason given. Rick Minter, father of defensive coordinator Jesse Minter and longtime college coach, will serve as linebackers coach going forward. Boys, this is now. Now you're adding. It's starting to smell. Uh, it's really. It already did smell. I mean, you're undefeated. You're ranked third in the country. You have one of the best defenses in America, and you're firing your linebackers coach. Now, this may have nothing to do with any of this. This may be something entirely different. So we'll give the benefit of the doubt. Um, oh, boy. All right. Okay. We ready for uh, – Casey, what did you think about it, if anything? Probably not much. I mean, not much has crossed your mind since <laughs> since last night. Uh, no. Not much, Tom. I mean, it, it is fishy that, um, you know, they just fired their linebackers coach now. I mean, the whole Michigan thing, I think Harbaugh is – gonna probably leave i think he's probably just done with college football honestly it's just too much of a headache he gets into some sort of trouble every single year um yeah i think he's just done to be honest i think he's ready to move on go back to, to nfl the real loser here is ohio state because as michigan's program gets right. decimated at year after year now after all this scandal breaks that game's gonna be nothing and just another easy well, notch. Well, it was nothing for a it's, decade. It's just another easy notch in Ohio State's belt. Oh, we beat Michigan, but they don't have players or coaches because they just got eviscerated by the NCAA. So I, that's that's really the loser for me. Ohio State now doesn't get another quality win. It's just the Big Ten is just a joke. So it's unfortunate, really. 
Okay. At least UCLA is joining the Big Ten. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. And, a, histor- and- a, 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 a fan base that is passionate. You saw them all show up to the Rose Bowl That's true. That's and, true. And from, in the hundreds. That's true. Hundreds watched that team. I have friends of mine that I told you they go on this football trip every year. They pick a different place, and there's, there's eight of them, and they go to a different – it's been going on for like 18 years. They are going to the USC-UCLA game this weekend. That's big time. Now, that will be at the Coliseum. How many, how many are going? How many guys are there's, going? I think there's eight of them, I well, think. Be eight it, of they, it's kind of whittled down. A couple guys started getting too deep in a jar for a long time, so they've given up that trip. Um, you know, I mean, that's the kind of crowd you run with. But, uh, they, um, but yeah, it, I'd be in, it, the Coliseum will have a big crowd. But you're right about the, the Rose Bowl. I mean, it's empty. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. And they're saying Chip Kelly's out. After this game. Yeah. I mean, they've been terrible since Terry Donahue left there 8,000 years ago. Yep. All right. Are we ready for some picks? Yes. Are you ready for some picks? Uh, me? Am I ready? Are I'm, you ready? I'm I, as I ready have, as I'll ever be, Tom. We're going to do picks. I have one last, last question about you, the NFL, if that's okay with you guys. Of course. Do you think the NFL will ever I, – I know that the NFL is a, a, a money pig. I get it. Do you think the NFL will ever go away with the Thursday night game, or do you think that's here to stay forever? That's here to stay. Yeah, it's here to stay. What is it's it been always? Here for I know it always comes down to money, but I'm just saying at some point with the, on a short week and everybody's getting injured left and right, at some point something would have to change, right? Or it's just all money all the time. I guess it's all money all the time. And if that's <laughs> if that's, I, I'm just saying Thursday night football. It's been no secret that it's been a joke for quite some time. It's usually the worst of the worst play. It's a terrible game. It's a terrible product on Amazon. The Amazon Prime broadcast, horrid. Absolutely horrible. Uh, Why do you say because that? Because it's the lagging in and out. It's 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 just bad. It's not good. You don't think I'm, Al's good, huh? Herbie? I'm not saying her. This is no knock on Herb Street or or uh, whatever his name. Al I, Michaels. Mike Al Michaels. Thank you. Al Michaels. By the way, is checked out for a long time now. He has not. He hasn't been there all season. He was long. outstanding last. night. He hasn't Go been ahead. there all season long. I'm just saying the, thir- the the Thursday night broadcast on Amazon Prime. I'm tired of it. Uh, I know my team just lost, and we lost all of our players during it. And maybe that might have. Some, and I lost two hundred fifty dollars on it. Maybe that all has something to do with this take. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's it's time for it to end. It you, won't. You, it'll it'll go on forever. Right. What's crazy is is they've just almost they've expanded it because now they can flex games to Thursday night football. I mean, like, and I brought this up. Can you imagine, like, uh, s- Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs, December thirty first, right? Bengals play. You plan a big to do, right? We're gonna go out to Kansas City for New Year's Eve. Go watch the Bengals and the Chiefs play at Burrowhead Stadium. And then Monday comes around, and the NFL just goes, yeah, we're playing that game on Thursday now. So uh, good luck for you guys that are traveling into town. They'll never, they'll never do that because you have to guarantee every team in the league. They'll never do it. You have to guarantee every team on the league has to play one Thursday game, and that would be impossible if you start flexing it out. The Sunday they, thing, you're just moving it from a day to year, a night. Tom. Yeah, I, I, it, it's wild. It's it's preposterous. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what some of the numbers look like as far as over the course of this, uh, what three four years now it's been around, uh, yeah. what the injury rate is in those games compared to some other games. Starting starting in week thirteen, um, they'll start flexing games, but they have to make the decision twenty eight days in advance of the game. Okay, so if they're going to flex any games, they basically it's already it's starting, starting now. It's starting yeah, now. yeah, It'd be starting now. Yeah. Well, that's that, that that that's just not good because it's not um, it's not fair to the players. 
uh, with the bodies and the, 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 uh, the beating they're taking. Um, okay, here we go, Casey. Let's get into the picks. Let's start into college football, right? Or are we starting with the pros? College football. College football. Okay, here we go. Uh, Georgia, two weeks ago, played Missouri. Not a bad game. Georgia won a game. Tennessee played Missouri last week and got boat raced. Now Georgia goes to number 18, Tennessee. Tennessee's losses this year, correct me if I'm wrong here, men, are Florida, second, third game of the year. Alabama, relatively tight. And then Missouri. This is a 10-point spread at Rocky Top. Reed Mouse. Yeah, this spread doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They, they, did you say Missouri? That's That was their third loss. It was Missouri. Yeah, I said Missouri. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, listen, this spread doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think Georgia should be favored by much more than 10 points. And normally that that raises some alarm bells in this old noggin of mine. So for that very reason, I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to root, wow. root, root for the home team. Um, we're getting 10 points. So give me the balls. And if they okay. don't win, it's a shame. I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. I think Tennessee, again, trap line city. So I, at the end of the day, I'm, I, I'm just trying to win my bet. That's all I can do. Okay. <laughs> I'm also taking Tennessee. If I remember correctly, I mean, they kept the score to about 10 points versus Alabama. And I think those two teams, Alabama and Georgia, maybe a little different. Maybe Georgia's a little better, but – Relatively similar programs in terms of strength. So I'm going to go with Tennessee. Well, I am going, no doubt about it. Every time they're tested, the two-time defending national champs just maul people. And they're going to destroy Rocky Top tomorrow afternoon, 3.30 p. on CBS. Okay, next up. Next up, we have North Carolina versus Clemson. Clemson is favored by 7.5 points. What is on with this line? You know, this is an interesting – it really is interesting because North Carolina, again, after a great start, has sort of faded away. Now the last game or two, they've been a little better. Uh, Clemson had all the drama down there when uh, Dabo undressed some dude who called in on a radio show. And now they're back. He says they're back. Seven and a half points, though. That's a big number, isn't it? Or is it? Maybe <laughs> not the, big enough. What the heck is this line? That's another one. Yeah, seven and a half got a cover by over a touchdown. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There's not a more genuine person in college football than Dabo Sweeney. I like genuine people. Yeah. Yes, he so, is. So give me the Clemson Tigers in this one. Okay. And he's on the TikTok. Uh, I'm going to go he's with – drip. He's got that drip. The drip. Got to love the drip. I'm going to go with uh, – I love when he runs out of the tunnel like a psychopath. I'm going to go with uh, Clemson here and Dabo as well. I think, listen, that spread makes absolutely zero sense, Tom. In no way should they be favored in this game. So I'm going to take a minus seven and a half. Marty's going to be wearing his Drake May jersey yep. Saturday. He yep. might be. He'll be down. He, although he's going to, strangely enough, he is going to, uh, with friends, to the Virginia Tech game on Saturday in Blacksburg, Virginia. Great place. Go ahead. Ooh, uh, I initially had North Carolina as my pick, but the more I think about it, the line doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Clemson has been playing much better over the last couple weeks. Yes. Drake May having a bit of a down season. It's not a, uh, a complete down, down season, but it, it's not as good as it was last year. I think Clemson gets it done. Seven and a half points. I don't like the hook. I think if you can get it at like six and a half or seven, I would take that, but seven and a half. Why not? Okay, well, if this trend continues, somebody's going to be really good come Monday and somebody's going to be really bad on Monday because I'm taking the Tar Heels. 
The lone wolf. Getting seven and a half. Oh. Lone wolf on back-to-back games. Oh. Let's see how long that continues. Let's go. All right, next up. Oh. Accidentally revealed all, oh. all of our picks. Let's go ahead and do it. I'll take it. You already, you already spilled the milk. Oh, let's hide them. No all one saw right. them. Okay, now, before we get to this one, I will tell uh, all people always wonder about not, not the trap game. I don't think anybody looks at Minnesota or uh, looks at Maryland, who's playing Michigan, as the being trap game. So, look, you still have to play the game on the field. And Minnesota's 5-5. Five and five. They're not a bunch of stiffs. But last year... Leading up to the Ohio State-Michigan game, when both were undefeated going into that game, Michigan barely beat Illinois by two, and that came at the buzzer. Barely won the game. Ohio State was only beating Maryland by six with two minutes left in the game. They scored a touchdown to make it a 13, 14-point spread, whatever it was. But that's just food for thought, because this 27 and a half is a big number. It, it's a huge number, but to be honest, if it was a pick'em, if there weren't even 27 points that that Minnesota was getting, I would still take the Golden Gophers. Listen, Dave Dave Winfield, maybe the most famous Golden Gopher. I think he's going to be in the in the horseshoe this weekend. So how can you not? Well, take what the is he doing in the horseshoe? He's a, he's, a, he's a Golden Gophers fan. He's going to be there. He's going to be root, root, rooting for the away team. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to root, root, root for the home team. We're going to take Ohio State alt line minus 50 and a half. Minnesota's a, a fraudulent program. Another one of those Big Ten fraudulent. schools. Fraudulent? Another one of those Big Ten. <laughs> another one of those Big Ten schools that just, I mean, they just don't get it done ever. So, Okay. Well, I somewhat agree with Elliot. I think uh, you look at how they played against Michigan. It was 52-10. to 10. Uh, I think Ohio State's comparable to Michigan. I think a lot of people would agree Whoa. with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going Ohio State here. Okay. I'm going the Mighty Buckeyes as well. That'll be Hammer City. Although the danger here is, is if it's like last week against Michigan State, court, the starters play the first series of a third quarter, and then out you go. Okay, next up, 27 and a half. That's a big number. Okay. What the heck, dude? Casey I mean, well, McCollister. You're taking all Casey. of the drama out of this Casey guy. McCollister. I mean, what in the hell is a- every, going on? Everything else is turned off. I just don't know why those two are turned on. His, you know what it is, Tom. He's still he's still thinking about that loss last night. You took the it words. just it just hasn't it hasn't left his brain, and I and I don't blame him. Our souls have been ripped from our bodies, mm. <laughs> and now they're in the hands of Jake Browning. <laughs> Jake the Snake. Do you like my nickname? I'm calling him Jake the Snake. And I'm every in. time and every time he gets a first down, Tom, we're gonna hiss at him. I love it. I, I think Bengal fans snake. ought to do that Sunday if he's the guy. I agree. That's a great idea. Let's all hiss at him. Well, and we will spread that word in our show. Yeah. Uh, that we're going to be doing live from the banks down there we're on gonna... Sunday. That'll be a pregame show before we're... the uh, Bengals v. Is that this Sunday or next Sunday? That's next, next Sunday. Next Sunday. Not this Sunday. We're going to have a live boa constrictor out there to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want that. I don't want that. All right, go ahead. Uh, where are you here? This is the biggest game of the weekend. It's hard to believe that um, an undefeated fifth-ranked team in the country, Washington, with one of the leading candidates for the Heisman Trophy in Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback, is a road dog. Right. Road dog against Oregon State, who's only lost twice. If, Re- they're, 
I was in college for four years, and if there was one thing I've learned being in college for four years is that you never bet against the Beavers. So Oregon State's going to cover this one. Yeah. They're going to win this game outright. Washington season done because the Beavs don't lose on Saturdays. I happen to agree with Rita Roo here. I think the Beavers are the most ferocious animal of them all in the animal kingdom, and I think the Beavers destroy yeah. them. I, think that, I don't think the Huskies are very good at mascot. We're going to go with the Beavers. This is just a mascot game. Give me your best beaver sound. See, our buddy, our buddy. My best beaver, that's good. My best beaver sound. That's pretty weak. <laughs> our boy, uh, Jolly Jolly, a total waffle. He was asked in the chat, and he produces Pac-12 games virtually every single weekend. Somebody asked him in the chat, okay, Jolly Jolly, give us some inside here. What do you think? You know what his answer was? Corvallis is a tough place to play. Pac-12 always beats itself up. Casey, who are you picking? Good Lord, Jolly Jolly. You and I go way back, but come on. Go ahead. I'm picking the Huskies. And for no other reason other than uh, I think Penix is a pretty good quarterback. And I don't really know who Oregon State's quarterback is. It's so. that guy who was at Clemson. Clemson. A Gungale, whatever his name is. A Gungale? Yeah, he transferred. He was a starter for two years at Clemson. They were, Dabo ran him off. Yeah, I think that, that I feel good about my pick then. Okay. I'm taking the Huskies as well. I think they should be ranked fourth right now. They should be ranked ahead of Florida State. If the resume has anything to do with anything, the only team Florida State's beaten all year long was the first game of the year, and that was LSU, and LSU's lost three times. That's by far their best win. All right. Is that it on the college scene? Oh, we got one more. Oh, oh the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, bring it on over. I'm, I'm taking <laughs> – I don't think I've taken the Bear Kittens since, like, week two, so I'm going to keep riding that train. Although they got a good win last night, last week. They got lost a huge a, win. This is their rivalry game. Lost me a lot of money. Uh, give me the Mountaineers. I'll take the Bearcats. They seem good. Emory. Satterfield's got just, the boys what going. What did you just say? Lichtenstein. I said they seem good, Tom. They seem good. Big win over Houston. Brady Lichtenstein. They're a blue blood. <laughs> Houston's a blue blood in, in, the, uh, in the Big 12. Big win. Satterfield's got him ready to play. I cannot believe that you are picking the Bearcats. Who's got a you, short? Nobody has piled on more than you have. You know what's actually funny? Is speaking, of, uh, speaking of the Bearcats, Zach Taylor, a uh, little fun fact about him, he actually led the Bearcats to have the worst scoring drought in program history when he was at UC. How about that? That's an offensive guy. That's your guy, Tom. Zach Taylor. My guy. Leader of men. I didn't say that. Go ahead. <laughs> you said that. I'm wearing the shirt. I'm going with them. Bearcats. Think they get it done. <coughs> Did I pick this game? Uh, you didn't, but it's fine. Either one will work. I'm taking West Virginia. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, that's for fair. sure. <clears throat> for sure. Went All down right. the wrong hatch there, that water. Okay, forgive me. Okay, now we're on to the pro natural game. natural limestone filtration. We have. That's right. Steelers v. Brownies in Cleveburg. Is that where this game is, Cleveburg? It's in uh, Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, oh so we got that needed to be flipped around. That, that's a key point when you're talking about a one-point spread, isn't it? Oh, it is in Cleveland. No, it's in Cleveland. It's Cleveland. Okay, attaboy case. Um, Steelers playing in Cleveburg. And the Brownies, a one-point favorite with Dorian Thompson-Robinson starting at quarterback. Kenny Pickett will start it for the men of aluminum. 
Yeah, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have an elite offense. You watch them for a full four quarters, you'll see them just peppering the ball all over the field. Kenny Pickett just, I mean, I've, I've never seen balls thrown as well as he throws them. Um, so for that very reason, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game. Hmm. I think that, uh, yeah, I think you'll you'll see a 7-3 and three Pittsburgh Steelers wow. team. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, Dorian Thompson, who gives a damn, I think that guy's great. I think he's looked phenomenal this year when he threw those three interceptions the one time he played. I Let's go with the Browns. It makes no sense. I'm going to go with the Browns. They don't have a running back. They don't have a quarterback. But they do have Miles Garrett, and that's all that matters. They don't have a running back. Ford ran for 107 yards last week. He's fine. All right. Case? Yeah, everyone knows that the Browns, their team isn't really built around their quarterback. It's built around their run game and their defense. And I think uh, they're still healthy on those fronts. So going with the Browns. Okay, I'm going to take the uh, Brownies as well. Okay. Okay. There we go. Moving on. Defense probably scores a touchdown in that game like they did last week against Baltimore. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, they probably do. Okay, next up. Don't reveal them all, Casey. Like I said, they're all turned off. Here we go. Cardinals, they looked a heck of a lot different last week, boys, with uh, Kyler Murray. I think that we forget how good Kyler Murray is. I I really do think we forget. Um, That's a terrible roster, but Kyler Murray, I think he's a little – I think he's special. Just two years ago, the Arizona Cardinals were the last undefeated team in the National Football League. They they started the season like 8-1. and They made the postseason. Obviously, they didn't do anything there. But this is a Cardinals team when Kyler Murray's on the field is a much different team. So for that very reason, you know, they're getting four and a half points. I'll go out on the limb and I'll say I'll take the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he's especially bad. I'll take the Texans in this one. Uh, what are you talking uh, about? Ky- bad. What do you mean? Nobody wants Kyler Murray in Arizona. Nobody wants him. They want to draft a new quarterback. They're done with Kyler Murray. He plays video games all the time. Uh, he should have taken. He should have taken his draft ticket to the Oakland A's, where he'd be going to Las Vegas this season or next uh, three years. Four years. God, what a disgrace that organization is. What a tough, what a tough road ahead for the Oakland days. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna take the Texans. I was gonna take the Cardinals for the reason that Reed just mentioned, uh, that Kyler Murray is actually not terrible. But using my brain, I was like, you know what? I don't. I, I'm, I'm too much on the Cardinals. It's not going to go right back to C.J. Stroud. Uh, Texans win this game by okay. four. Case. Uh, Modern Warfare Three just came out, and we all know when a new Call of Duty comes out, he plays. His absolute worst. I'm going with the Texans. <laughs> yeah. I think the Texans are uh, are rolling right now with C.J. Stroud. He could be potentially on that MVP type train right now. So I'm going to go with the Texans. Okay. Uh, USA veteran is having to leave to go to a doctor's appointment. Yeah. He says it's no fun getting old. Thank you for your service, sir. Godspeed in the doctor's appointment. Thanks for being with us as always. Okay. And uh, for this game, I mean, come on, the battling C.J. Stroud. They got it going on right now. <laughs> Oh, Are bad. you kidding me? I didn't pick them. My bad, my bad. There Not a go. chance. Uh, the Batland C.J. Strouds, they, they got something to play for. Big time something to play for. By the way, talking of video games, weren't you, guy in our, weren't you the guy in our group chat last night that accused a couple of the Bengals of playing Mario Kart? Yeah, I mean, sir, well, I'll tell you what. Your guy, Irv Smith Jr., was nowhere to be found. He was playing Mario Kart on the DSi <laughs> over there on the bench. He was doing nothing. Not a thing. That guy's contributed to this season. Not a thing. We still, we, we still going to say he can be something special this year, Tom? Is that we gonna right? We stand by that take with Jake Browning throwing him passes now. Irv Smith and Nick Scott, those are your guys, Tom. Those are Nick your guys. Scott. Stop it! Stop it! I, I, Irv I, Smith. I, 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 hey, look, I'll take Smith. 
nobody's been less of a factor anywhere in the history of the world that Irv Smith has been to this Cincinnati Bengals team. Can't argue Nobody. With you, although he does have a touchdown. Sure. He also, I mean, sure. He does. He does. He does. He does. He has a touchdown, so he's done something. So at least so does Charlie something. Jones. So does Charlie Drew, Jones. So does Drew Sample, uh, Tom. Yeah. Drew Sample also has a All touchdown. Right. Okay. All right. Next up, we have the Raiders. All of a sudden, they believe in Antonio Pierce. Takes over for Josh McDaniels. The Raiders. Remember, they have Josh Jacobs on their team. Mm-hmm. They remember they have Devontae Adams on their team, right? They're 2-0 and under Pierce, who's the interim coach. And now they're going to Miami. Miami has not beaten a team this year with a winning record, even with a 500 record, which is where the Raiders are now. Yeah, and they're supposed to cover two touchdowns. That's a huge spread in an NFL game. They're at home. Now, in college picks, when I saw a line that didn't make sense, I took the line, right? I'm going to do the opposite here. I'm going to take the Raiders. I think that the Raiders have a decent roster, and 13 points in a National Football League is so many points. The Dolphins haven't beaten a single team over 500 or at 500, so how are they going to cover two touchdowns? Give me the Raiders. I think everybody's been down on the Dolphins for quite some time. That's a damn good football team. I don't think the Raiders are very good with Aiden O'Connell under center. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins here by two touchdowns. Yeah, very similar reasoning to Reed, but I also think that they, like Tom mentioned, remembered that they have – Josh Jacobs back there. They will run the ball. They will give Aiden O'Connell a chance, and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll cover that spread. Okay. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think at home, uh, they take it to them. They light up the Ra- Raiders stink. Uh, they, they stink. Uh, they, they're not going to be in a con- – I mean, I, I say they stink. They have the same record the Bengals. <laughs> they're in the putrid category. What? They're in the putrid category. Where are the Bengals? I don't know. They might Who would you rather have as your quarterback, Aiden O'Connell or Jake Browning? Good question. Yeah, it is. And there's no winner. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's next? Vikings, the surging. You know what? It would be interesting to have asked that question about six weeks ago. Who would you rather have, Jake Browning, Aiden O'Connell, or Joshua Dobbs? Yeah, it would have been. Right? Right? It would have been. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, this guy... He's never going to buy another meal in Minnesota. No, he won't. I mean, he has got it going on, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, here they are, winners of what? Five straight, I think, or four straight? Five straight. They started one and four. Okay, so, so now they're rolling, um, but the Broncos are rolling. Right. They're playing good football. Denver, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I'm a little surprised by that line. Maybe you guys aren't. So, I don't know if people haven't been recognizing what the Broncos have been doing. They started the season out 1-5, right? Since then, have won three in a row against the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Green Bay Packers. If you look at Russell Wilson's stats, guys, they're not bad. They're Eight, good. 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. Yeah. 2,000 yards. Like, he's going to be a 3,000-yard passer. He's going to have close to 30 touchdowns, and he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Is Russell Wilson back? I don't know. But you know what? The Broncos are at home against a backup quarterback, and the Vikings have looked very good over the past five weeks, but I'm going to take the Broncos covering two and a half. All right. They've got the altitude on their side. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Casey, who did I pick for this? You have the Broncos. 
Sure, we'll ride with the altitude. <laughs> what a forgettable game this will be. Uh, I, yeah, Russell Wilson. Breed said he's great. He's great. Sean Payton, leader of men. Bounty gate. The Broncos are a half game behind the Bengals if they were in the same division. Go that's ahead. Sad. The Broncos. Uh, I mean, that's, that, that's just sad. Stop bringing up um, stats. I am going with the Vikings just to be a little different than than those two over there. And I, I, I like Josh Dobbs, and I think uh, I like that Vikings team. I think they're underrated. So Well, I've switched my pick. I was going to go originally with Minnesota. Now I'm going with the Fighting Broncos. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Dangerous. Okay. All right. Don't we let Russ cook. One more left. One Burn more. One more. This is, the, this is the big one. Eight and one Eagles. Seven and two Chiefs hit Arrowhead. And uh, Kansas City, two-and-a-half-point favorite. If you guys had to guess who I'm taking in this one. I know who you're taking. Who would you guys guess that I'm taking in this? You're going to take the Chiefs. Yes. They have the best quarterback in the league. They have the best coach in the league. Uh, the Eagles are a very, very good team, but winning in Arrowhead is very tough unless your name is Joe Burrow. Um, for that reason, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to cover two-and-a-half, and they're going to show the NFL why they're the best team in the league. Chiefs, Casey? That's right. Let's go Chiefs. I, I, I'll probably be betting on the Eagles, I want to be honest with you. But I'll pick the Chiefs on this show. Okay. Casey? Um, I'm picking the Eagles here. Um, I think that they're the much better team overall. I think there's some major flaws with Kansas City right now. I think the Eagles have really finally found their stride. So, going with the Eagles. Okay. I'm going to take the fighting Eagles as well. Uh, much to my uh, better judgment, I just still think that uh, there's got to be some jet lag involved here with Travis Kelsey being down in Argentina mm. with Taylor Swift. Why would there be jet lag? Aren't we on similar time zones? That's a long flight. Okay. It's a long flight. Very, very long flight, especially from Kansas City. That's a really long flight from Kansas City. It's a long flight. What's that? It's a long flight. It is. I got chat power rankings. Mm. Let's have it. All right, here we go. I'm going to do it, Casey. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Number five. Yep. Molly. Oh, she's been good this week. Molly's been great this week, and she is going to – Tom, we do a game. We play a little game after this, and and anybody who – shout out CJ and Blackmore. I don't like Blackmore, but thank you, Blackmore. Anybody who joins our our chat or our membership, you will be able to play the really fun game, Uh, and that starts in about, I don't know, six minutes or so, five minutes. Right. Thank you, Molly. Molly's great at the game. That was my point. Love Molly. Uh, number four, we have Randy. Randy gets on my ass every time for not putting him on this list. And for that reason, I'm going to put him on the list. Randy's Randy, a gamer. Randy's a gamer. He's the, one of the most active tweeters we have. Yep. Or Zeters. Zeters. We, Zeters. He's, one of, he's one of the most active Zeters we have. Uh, and I love Randy. So there it is, Randy. Randy once called me a human. Oh. That was nice. How about that? that? Nice. Uh, number three, Jolly Jolly. It was probably one of Jolly Jolly's best weeks ever. Jolly Jolly was on his game this week. That's right. He helped us all out with his stats with his knowledge, with his expertise. He is a professional. He is a leader of men. He is perhaps the, the most impressive person I know. Jolly Jolly. Number well three. Done. Well done. I think he's wrong. I think he keeps uh, he keeps favoring Michigan. He really likes Michigan. I think he's wrong in that. I think, I think yeah. Michigan's been doing some wrong things. <laughs> Number two, uh, Everett. This is my guy, Everett. Uh, Ramley. Uh, me and him have a Ramley, but it's more of like a Panthers and a Ram, so it's a, a – I don't know how you would combine those, but uh, Panthers Damn. and Rams. Uh, yeah, so Everett, I love Everett. That's my guy. I have to golf with him at some point. I have to keep my promise to him. I love Everett, number two. Okay. And number one, without yeah. question, uh, Tom, it's Mark Fetters. Mark Fetters is the most active, loyal member we have. 
And listen, Mark, you do a great job, brother. I love you. Uh, and we're going to keep riding you as number one until somebody else dethrones you because you've been phenomenal. Let's go Feathers. And he's got the best profile pick. Yeah, well, no, but no. The best. Mark what Feathers, a week. congratulations. All right, uh, do we have any high school picks before we leave here? You didn't even have the high school picks, did you? No, I'm going school... to give you a couple games and you guys pick. Okay. All, All right, right, who are the Baden Rams playing? The Salina Bulldogs. All right, I know who you're going with. Correct. Baden, who are you going with? Salina. All right, who are you going with? Uh, Salina. Salina. Ooh. I will take the Rams. Thank you, Tom. Anderson v. Withrow. I mean, I got I got it back here at home. I'm hotter, Tom. Give me the Raptors. Amen. Give me the Raptors. Raptors. Uh, Raptors. Raptors as well. Although, man, I, I keep hearing Withrow's really good. Um, we have uh, Moeller v. Mason. No, forgive me. Moeller v. Lakota West. Forgive me. Right. Uh, give me the Moeller Crusaders in this one. Hamiltonian at quarterback, so. I'll take, uh, I mean, I'll take Elder's Lakota. not playing in the regional championship? I'll take Lakota. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? We do, well, we do things the right way. Some, someone I'll take Moeller. All right, I'm going with Lakota someone West, too. Moeller still signs. They're rolling right now. They got it going on. I cannot believe you picked against Lakota West. Why would I? Why I can't you? believe it. That Hamiltonian. I mean, we have, I mean, they were part of our birth here at Chatterbox That's Sports. True. Right? That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. Matt Ponitowski, Hamilton, Hamilton Westsider, played at Westside Little League. He's the quarterback over at Moeller. Speaking of Withrow, Withrow's quarterback was, was Moeller's quarterback from the year prior. And Chris Henry's son's over there. Last year, they benched him when they got to the state. For the freshman, Matt Ponitowski. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's right. Okay, uh, look, I'm going to end this on a high note because I am not throwing in the towel on the Bengals. Thanks, Let Tom. me just say for the record, we're going to find out probably in the next day or two, I would think about Joe Burrow. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not throwing in a towel on this group. I think we all agree they might have to make some changes here on what their philosophy is going to be on offense. But I saw enough good in the run game last night. You could conceive of some misdirection if you're effectively running it. But I'm not throwing in the towel. As the church bells ring, it's almost like God is sitting in here and saying the same thing. Thomas, sing it, Thomas, sing it. All you guys yeah. are saying D-U-N, done, done, done. The Bengalis. Casey? The Bells are calling us home, Tom, are because we're done. all dead. We have a cherry on top, right, Casey? That's right. We do? We do have one God, cherry I on was top. I praying this was over with a shake. <laughs> <laughs> cherry so, on top. Here we go. This was the last time Cincinnatians were happy. Remember how happy you were at this very moment? It's COVID, the world's falling apart. You turn on your TV and you see this smiling face from his home. Just our quarterback. You knew he was going to take us to new places. That was the last time we you were see happy. see his shirt there with the area code. You know where that area code's from, don't you? No. Athens. A-Town. That's Athens. A-Town. Athens, Ohio. Representing the folks of A-Town. Mm. Joe Burrow. All right. Uh, so is it behind a wall? Box lunch. Behind the wall. Behind the wall, box lunch is coming up. Like uh, at 5.30, Kyle Kasky, right? That's right. I mean, this guy's working his tail off. No doubt. Uh, he is going to give you a full film room breakdown of what happened last night in Baltimore. 
I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. If you're traveling, maybe some are getting an early start on a Thanksgiving Day holiday. Maybe you got to go somewhere. Please be careful. Uh, Godspeed ahead. And we will see all of you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend.